Oh. That's pretty much what they are. Yeah, that's what I got too. So they got a lot of yeehaws. Wow. I didn't get a lot of yeehaws. Can I get a yeehaw? Ooh, you're gonna be stubborn tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like a, you know, th- let's let's throw the system out the window. It's like Texas Roadhouse. You're gonna go there with somebody's birthday. Oh yeah, you gotta sit on the saddle. Mm-hmm. You gotta sit on a saddle? Yeah, they bring out the set. You've never been. A- no, I haven't. I've never been there on my birthday. Oh my god. Have you, you been there on anybody people? else's birthday? <laughs> no, I don't. They, they all line up. Right, and they, and they say like deep in the heart of Texas or something? No. no. No, they bring out a saddle, and they're like, a Texas Roadhouse, yeehaw, for their birthday, and everybody goes, yeehaw, and then the person sits on the saddle. It's like the whole time, or just for the minute, it's just, just your Christmas? They're always like, attention, Texas Roadhouse, right? it's Rob's birthday, can I get a yeehaw? And then the whole place goes, yeehaw. Wow. And you sit on the saddle. Things have changed. I remember getting the little um, baseball helmets with the ice cream in them. I remember that, too. Not yeah. there, though. Not there. Not there, though. But I, that's all I remember. Like, that's yeah, the ground round. round. Yeah, the ground round. I'm older round. than all of you, and I'm like, what? Saddles? What? The ground round. That was the ground round? Mm-hmm. I remember. Texas Roadhouse. Okay. So, Texas Roadhouse. And the ground round. Yes, in the ground round where mm-hmm. you got little baseball caps that with ice cream scoops in them. I do right. remember that. Because I didn't know that you get saddle sores at the Texas place. I, because on I've your birthday. I've never ridden the saddle. I've never ridden a saddle. Have you ever been on a horse? Maybe when I was a kid. Like, you know, you ride the pony when you go on a You want a funny trip? story? I got a quick funny story. Yeah. We're out in the country because we're probably like, you know. Anyway, um, we went horseback riding and there was this German lady who was like the horse wrangler. I don't like where the story's going. Nope, it's not a good story. <laughs> well, she was German with a really hard accent and she was mean. So I got on my horse and the eight of us, nine of us, whatever. Was we it got, a high horse? Huh? Was it a high horse? <laughs> <laughs> I got on my high horse. So we start doing the trot and we start going down these hills that are like, you know, almost straight to the ground and I thought I was gonna die. But anyway, so we, t- we got to some level land and she's barking out something in German, like, take a break, whatever. And then she says, let's go. So they taught us how to give it a little kick to go on the sides. And I start doing that. My horse isn't moving. Everyone else's horse is moving. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, she starts yelling at me. How would you like it if I like, kicked you while you were taking a piss? My horse was going to the bathroom. And then she starts screaming at me and told me to stop kicking the horse. I'm like, I didn't know the horse was going to the bathroom. So I looked down and there's like this everywhere. So that was my horse story. And then she yelled at me the rest of the way. She was on me. Like, she figured I didn't know what I was doing from that point on. Which I didn't, but I was afraid to kick the horse now. Because it could have been taking a piss. Right. No one else's. When we all took this little break, nobody else's horses had to pee. So it was just me. And I was like, she's like, oh, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, kick, kick, kick. And the thing ain't going. I'm kicking it. I'm kicking it. And I wasn't kicking it hard. Didn't you tell your horse to take a pee before you took him on the ride, like everybody else's horse? You know, I did. But there's a lot of horse flies. I think he was a little, you know, mm. tense about that. Then you got yelled at by the horse Nazi. <laughs> you know what? No joking aside, she she probably could have took like, took me right out. I mean, them farm hands are they're pretty tough out there. But so it's not the same as Texas Roadhouse. And we come full circle. <laughs> well, that's where we were heading, right? Even though Texas Roadhouse isn't even about the top. We were supposed to head towards ghost, yeah, Texas ghost, ghost towns. Texas we'll ghost towns. We're doing go. Oh, yeah. we're doing. Well, we got we had a little. You know what? We had a little flavor. You, know, you got horses. You got a Texas restaurant. You think Texas mm-hmm. is big and it's got a lot of like tumbleweed and mm-hmm. ghost towns, right? Yeah. How's it go? No, we already did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I see where you're going with that. Yep. So what are we doing? Ghost towns. Are we doing ghost towns of the USA, or are we doing ghost towns worldwide? I only looked into the USA. Me too. I'm only on the US, too. I only got one ghost town, so... I have one. I have a couple ghost towns, but there are some ghost towns in the rest of the world, too, that are pretty cool. Yes. But what... Do we have a definition of what a ghost town is? A town that no one lives in? Incorrect. What is it? It is a town that does not have any economic value. It's completely just dissolved itself. All it is is standing buildings. But you can have people living there. 
they might not be making any money, but there's no economy that is working in there, and they were just there. So, like, one of my towns, they're just there, all 50 people. How are they surviving if there's no economic? You know, I could not find... <laughs> that was one of my things I was trying cult? to research. How, how do you live in a ghost town? What Do you have to be a ghost? There are lots of ghosts. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing. You don't see rich people going in there. Not that I've seen. Although I did see one little clip. This lady bought a six, six buildings and a ghost town, her and her husband. But what do you do? How do you get people there? Because most ghost towns are like out of the way. They're not like sitting in the city or just a little suburb of, you know, out in the country. So what do these people do? How do like, exactly, how do they live? Do they get Medicare, Medicaid? Do they get welfare checks? There's no mail service. Thank you. There's no post office. Well, hang on. I have a town called Darwin, California. There is one post office. The population is 50. The nearest supermarket to Darwin is in Darwin, California. It's just on the outside of um, Death Valley Mountains out there, the Desert Mountains out there. The nearest supermarket is 90 miles away. That's a trek to get your groceries. 90 miles. What's 90 miles comparison around here? It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. So you've got to drive an hour and a half to get food. Obviously, you don't have a lot of money to do this to begin with, so either you're farming. I, I mean, there's no... So if you go to the grocery store, and then you get back, and you're like, I forgot the eggs. It's a little bit more than, oh, shit. Someone's gonna... ass is getting kicked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they got some chickens running around. Them things live on anything. Maybe um, they have Amazon, and they deliver groceries to them. With a drone? Yeah, with the drones. Maybe. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so this town, Darwin, Calif- uh, in Darwin ca- out in California, was founded by this doctor, Dr. Darwin French, in 1874. He found some... Um, so Darwin was his first name? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Darwin French. Dr. French. Dr. French. That we call the town Darwin. They had some uh, silver awesome. ore out there, and they found it. And they said, ooh, we got silver ore. And like most ghost towns, especially out in the Midwest. Bye, cracky. We're going there. <laughs> we're going to go there and make money and get rich. And then the town dries up because all the minerals and everything are gone. The mines collapse. Everything's done. Well, this town apparently got up to about 700 people at one point. And everybody went out there for the big silver rush. And then it all faded away. They had saloons. Typic- Think of a typical movie. That's what it's like, looking like. I think, from my point, looking at this story. And um, <clears throat> it died down to almost 43 people left in the town, um, spread out over 28 households. They have one post office, and that's where the people meet daily. They all 50 all, of them? Well, it sounds like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> they might be busy. They have things to do. Like everyone comes to the post office at <laughs> 9 o'clock and be like, hey, how's it going today? Well, see, there's really no nothing shitty. left. Still live in a ghost town. <laughs> There's nothing. Someone sold the actual actual population sign of fifty. Oh my so god! So they don't know exactly how many people are there. And this is a 2010 census, so it's a little older, but no one can verify how many people are actually living in this little Darwin town. Um, <clears throat> There's no broadband. There's no internet out there except for the post office, which has dial-up. Whoa, 56k. So, Probably, um, just to put that in perspective, there's only 3% of Americans that still use dial-up to this day. And they all live in Darwin. They might live in Darwin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The post office, which is their, like, livelihood, I guess, where they sit around and talk and whatever they do, that's in danger of closing. (laughs) So they start a petition and get 49 people to sign it? Um... (laughs) No, but what they did was, to have a little sense of humor, they took some folding chairs and they put it out front in one of these empty, like, it looked like a, like a grocery store business, and they put, like, an Occupy, Occupy Darwin store, so, like, if anybody wanted to come out there, but it's not really working. So, they called up Verizon and said, hey, we need, we need some of this, you know, can you get it out here so we can at least get broadband? They're like, yeah, no, it's going to cost too much money versus the demand of, like, what, 50 people, 43 people. So they're really screwed out there. And again, I've been trying to look up stuff where, how do you survive? 
what do you do? I mean, the way these ghost towns are set up, if there are people in there, because there's plenty of ghost towns where they're just completely abandoned, that's great. I understand that. That's easy enough to get. But if there's 50 people hanging out in a town, you know, no groceries, no nothing, what do you do? Especially when they're all related. Right. <laughs> well, and here's another thing. There are no there are no kids or teenagers living in this town. It's all older adults. Did they kill the, the children? Uh, children of the corn, maybe? No, the, the children of the corn was the kids that killed them, right? The kids, yeah, the kids went after them. Okay. So, that's kind of like my Darwin, California thing. <laughs> or is it because when, as soon as someone turns 18, they're like, I'm out of this crappy town. <laughs> I ain't ever coming back. <laughs> Now there's pictures on the internet of this place, and they got like the old '50s cars, and they get, it's it's almost like it's preserved in time. It's crazy, but again, if anybody out there can give me an answer to that one, if ever anyone out there lives in Darwin, <laughs> you're not listening because you don't have internet, so you can't email us or send us a message on Facebook. It'll take you six hours to download this episode on Dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> <Take you> days. <laughs> Get your Napster account going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always bitching I want to move out to the country because I can't stand city living, I can't stand traffic. And then I'm reading these stories about these towns, I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, that's some serious ass middle of nowhere nothing. They they they're not they're on the map, but you have no cell phone reception out there, nothing. You can't pick anything up. They said if you're going out that way and you want to visit a ghost town like Darwin, you have to have maps because you just How do they even get electricity? Candlelight. I don't know. They got to have something running they up there. They got to have electricity. Think. How do they cook? How do they? The post office. So they got to have something. I mean, do, do the mail get picked a generator? up? Generator. It might be. Everybody just plugs in. Like Tuesday's my day. <laughs> it's time to share. <laughs> you know, they might raise cattle and chickens, but then, you know, that's what shit do they ain't do cheap. With them? Yeah. Well, what do you do? You get eggs. You get beef, but. Then you have to buy more cattle, so you have to sell. So how do you how do you make that economy work when you don't have any money to make it work? You know, oh, I got my first cow. I'm gonna make that into two cows in a year. You know, what do you? How do you make one cow? No, two cows. Two cows. You, you sell, but you don't know where you're selling to. This is what I'm saying. Think about the. All right. Really? You, like... you go out and water the cow, and one day there you come out, and there's two hundred. Next days. year, you, you build your you build your cattle supply up little by little. I understand? Chickens, you get it. They'll, they're gonna. It was an immaculate cowception. <laughs> now wait, in Darwin, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The egg. Okay. <laughs> but so they they had one egg. They started with one egg. They hatched it. They got a chicken. And then from that, they got two chickens. Listen to me. Or, <laughs> and then the following year, they had four chickens. Yeah. You raise a cow. Uh-huh. You, whether it be a milk cow or a beef cow, you get it super big. It's like <laughs> you get one. Uh-huh. And then you take it to the market or wherever they have to take it, in the 90 miles to something, or like some farmer convention. You sell it. <laughs> okay. And then you get... Two cows. Oh, you get two smaller But I cows. thought they can't sell anything because they can't make any money. There. I don't know what's going on out here. I need answers. <laughs> I just don't understand how this is working because the definition of a ghost town is when nothing is economically viable. So how do you... How do you get two cows? Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the underpants gnomes from South Park. It's like step one, steal underpants. Step two... Step three, profit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be doing something out there to live. And let, let's not even go into who has health coverage. Because <laughs> either wait, Obama, Trump, wait, or somebody oh screwed God, that all up. This episode wait, 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 is taking wait, wait, a really wait, crazy wait. twist, and we're only well, let, to okay. five minutes in. All right. Do they have a doctor in Darwin? <laughs> this is just, it was right. funded by a doctor. What was that Maybe Michael J. Fox movie where he was the, the, the city doctor, and he went out to the city. country? Oh, I don't remember what it was. But it's pretty damn funny because yeah. he was a city slicker. Yep. But anyway, that's that's a good question. If you got 50 people there, how are they surviving? Obviously, they're not procreating or doing whatever they have to do out there. So are they just dying off of natural causes? Like, oh, I'm sick. I'm just going to bed. Like you see in a movie and they die in their bed and they're all sweaty and just, boop, they're done. And then they take them out somewhere. Who buries them? The people. Mm, that's creepy. Everybody's a family. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's let's, everything. Let's think about it. They're saying 43 residents 
across 28 households. You think they have a death pool? <laughs> <laughs> they meet at the, <laughs> at the post office every morning to go over the death pool? So, you have to... <laughs> um, you have to have medical coverage? No. How do you sustain any type of money? There's no bank there. There's no bank, so they have to go into the big town, the big city, which is probably 90 miles away. And it's probably a Walmart. What about police? Oh, they police themselves. Firefighters? Firefighters? What happened? Well, no, everyone gets a bucket if the place is burning. Vet? Ambulance? Well, I think the animals are wild. Once they Hospital? die, they just take them out back and shoot them. I'm guessing, but this is what I'm saying. This is one of those places, this is one of those in betweens. What? Uber? <laughs> I was just gonna say. I'll be the Uber driver in Darwin. <laughs> See how much business you get. They pay you with eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Chickens. Do you think they have phones? Well, they, they must. They have dial up. Probably at the post office. Probably hard hardline phones. But see, they never re- they never went into the electricity thing. But I would think there'd have to be some at the post office. No gas station. That's a long way to go to get gas. Yeah. Well, you gotta take gas cans, obviously. All right, Marge, get in the truck. We're going in for gas. <laughs> but what do the people come back with? Like trailers full of junk, just so that they don't have to go back into town again for a month. Yep. But that's the thing. You have like a little population. But where do they get money? I don't know. They're cows. <laughs> I mean, what do they do during rolling blackouts? Because this is in California. Or are they completely in blackout at night? What are you saying? They just take the cow into Walmart and try to buy their groceries with it? We'll give you this That's cow. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. <laughs> I was just merely saying, <clears throat> you have to build up your livestock. <laughs> and if I'm going to the extreme that you have like one cow, <laughs> how do you make it into two cows, to three cows, to four cows? How do you sustain, the whole point behind it is, how do you sustain life of 50 people in a ghost town that brings in no money? You know what I just realized? More people listen to each episode of Parabubble than they live in Darwin. (laughs) Wow, that's not saying much. (laughs) That's awesome. More than double. More than double. Yeah. Sometimes triple or quadruple. They're definitely not listening to this episode. No, I'm not going to. (laughs) But it makes you think. If you okay, let's let's take our group. Let's take Prone, <clears throat> Paranormal Researchers of Niagara and Erie County. Um, let's take our group of nine or eight or ten. Let's okay. go do ten. We'll do the uh, we'll do the ten. We'll do it with the add-ins that we always have. Who would we get? <laughs> just, just can you flow with it, Rob? Flow with it. Flow with it, Rob. <laughs> You missed that part. Just gonna try to make a point here. We gotta pay attention. Okay, go Get on this go, crazy train. Okay, it's gonna okay. go sideways. <laughs> Take the ten of us. Mm-hmm. Drop us in a town. Now there's twenty. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Wow. <laughs> All so right. So 20. drop us in a, in a town. There's ten of us. What would you do? Run away. Yeah, I was gonna say. I would <laughs> no, no, that is not that. You cannot do that. You have to be in this town. Because there was a guy in here that was talking about one of the. Um, I don't know if it was farm or whatever he knew he had to make certain sacrifices to live away from the city life he wanted to live where it was beautiful at one point and it was um what's the word he he was happy body mind soul all of that he knew the sacrifice was going to be he's living lean there's not a lot going on he's gonna have to figure out how to survive just to be happy and he's okay with that and but my thing is if you have people out there that want to go do that and you take like 10 of us What's the first thing you do in a situation like this? You start a commune. You start planting crops. Okay. Well you, you till get, the land and you plant you, the crops. But you, gotta, but you have to buy, now you have to buy resources for it. I mean, that's what I mean by like, cow was kind of a bigger example, but yeah, I can buy a bag, a bag full of corn feed or corn seed and throw it in a field and plant it, you know, go to the well, water it, Maybe whatever. Maybe they bartered for the seeds originally. It's a thing they do. It's like checking the beanstalk. I went up with my boots and I came back with a bag of seeds. But I, obviously, these people are stuck there. They have nowhere to go. Maybe they grow a lot of marijuana, so they just smoke pot and they don't care about anything. Okay. Okay. Maybe that keeps them docile. So they just so, don't have the motivation to like get up so and leave a, the town. That's a mm-hmm. long drive for munchies. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, sorry, we're going to pull this back in a little bit. So my ghost town in Darwin has 50 people living in there or so, and 
we cannot figure out how they do it. If somebody out there knows how to do it, give us a shout. Hit us up on our Facebook page. Hit us up on Twitter, Gmail, all that stuff. Welcome to Parababble. Uh, you're this Rob. This is the introduction. You're Rob. 25 minutes in. You're Allison, and I'm Jeff. <laughs> and we just totally went tilt. So, yep. yeah. Sorry again, Dad. But there was really oh, no swearing. He's not listening to this. Yeah, there was. He's not listening to this one. He probably tuned out a while ago. So. I don't blame him. That's my story. <laughs> I don't know how you could do it. <laughs> this Rob, is our Halloween you, special, by the way. What are you trying to say? I don't know. It, it's, I'm, I'm not listening to this one. <laughs> I mean, if you lived in cement houses, you'd be okay, right? You don't have to buy supplies or resources to keep your house up. I mean, what do you do for furniture? I mean, we're not getting away from this. I'm trying to get away from this, well, but the more I think about it, there's more thing. I mean, if you have, like... I think you should go there and check it out. If you have some chickens, maybe you can get, like, a goose. And, like, you can get the feathers from the goose to make, like, pillows. Maybe Darwin has a Facebook page. They don't know what Facebook is there. Why? They have dial-up. Oh, look. All right. Maybe but anyway, that, maybe we should talk about some other ghost towns that are actually yeah. ghost towns that have nobody in it and except ghosts. Ooh. Except some ghosts living in them. So we wanted to look into this because we had such a cool time with Big Thicket and some of those other unknown kind of places. And I think one of the neat things about ghost towns is that they're everywhere. There are a lot of ghost towns. Yeah. Did not realize that until no. I started researching some of those. Mm-hmm. Like, how many just abandoned towns there are across this, this entire country? Apart. Why do we have homeless people? Put them in the towns. Put them in the towns! They would still be ghost towns, though, right? No. They, no, they could just do whatever Darwin people do. I found Darwin has a Facebook page, and more people like their Facebook page than they, they live, live in, in Darwin. <laughs> they have two, 233 people like Darwin on Facebook. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Turn it around. Let me see that. Darwin, California. I'll Absolutely. be damned. I'm going to share their page on the Parababble page. Hey, they have more likes than Parababble. What? what? Oh, this is some bullshit. Yeah. So this town is like fake in a ghost town? or? Yeah, I see a bunch of cars here. And then there's a big mountain back there. Right, they're on the edge of the desert. Let's see if there's any posts. They really exist. They do exist. You should tell them that we're doing a show on them. I don't see any other... I mean, there's nothing else. You sure there isn't government controlled or something weird? I don't know. <laughs> because we'll get into the government and ghost towns, too, towards as we go through what? this. What? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know where you went with this, because I well, just looked up haunted ghost towns. Oh, you, you put haunted in front of it. I and just I found some, some cool places. Well, I want to know what happens and who owns ghost towns, so it kind of led me to some other information, you know. Rob is, like, enthralled with looking at the three people that live in Darwin. I am. Like, that person actually looks nice, and they have a cow. Do they have a front screen door? I don't see any cows. These people look like tourists. I'm pretty sure this picture was taken with a selfie stick. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they don't have selfie sticks in Darwin. Yeah, Why are they in Darwin? Maybe, Why not? Maybe they did an episode of their podcast about Darwin, California. And they were so, um, you know, enthralled by the idea of it, they went on a field trip. Their podcast Darwin. named Parababble? I don't know what their podcast is. All right. So, take me out of the picture. I already said what I had to say. I have 50 people living in my little town. How do you exist? Allison, you kind of went towards more of a, what you would think as a typical ghost town, like being empty. And Virginia City, the... Montana. Virginia City, Montana is in, what? Virginia City is in Montana? Yes, it is. I would it, have thought it would have been in Virginia. There's also a Nevada City in Montana. Oh, no. Okay, so, Montana. Virginia City and Nevada City border each other. And they're both ghost towns. And they're both in Montana. So, Virginia City, unchanged since 1863. There's a train that goes between the two cities. That's how they were connected. Um, They were both booming towns because of the gold rush. So, a ton of people moved there. All kinds of stuff in these towns. Saloons, hotels. Typical. Typical mining town. Yep. Uh, Basically, the gold dries up. 
people start to leave, but not everyone left. Well, they figure free, free rent. No. What'd they do? I think she means ghosts. I do. Oh, we're going there. Yep. Okay. So in Nevada City, people report hearing voices. They find bed sheets crumpled in the old hotel. Um, and they actually have like tours that go through these towns. Mm-hmm. And on one of the tours, um, a man noticed a girl standing out in front of the um, Sedman House, which was you know one of the buildings in the town. And she was dressed in Victorian clothing. And when he got back to the tour guide, he was like, oh, that was a really cool thing, you know, that you had that little girl there. And the tour guide's like, there is no little girl in this town. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there is. So (laughs) that's a little bit about Nevada City. Now, Virginia City that borders it is more well-known because it has a place called the Washoe Club which has been on some of the ghost hunter shows. Yep. People have investigated it. It is supposedly filled with paranormal activity. Um, basically, they say that there's three ghosts that haunt this Wasso Club. Um, one is a young girl who was killed in the basement of the club. Another is a blonde-headed prostitute who was also killed in the building. And then the third ghost is the man who killed the blonde-haired prostitute, and then killed himself. Blondes have more fun. Not in this case. Mm. Um, so they do know that the prostitute's name is Lena. I don't know how they know that, but they do. Um, and in recent years, they also filmed a movie called Envy of the People um, in the saloon in this town. And they brought in like 50 extras to fill up the saloon. And the director's getting ready to shoot this scene, and he's, you know, telling everybody, you know, be quiet. And people there said that it got really quiet, so quiet you could hear a pin drop. And as they were getting ready to film, you could actually hear somebody walking around upstairs. Footprints, like footsteps. So the director was like, who the heck is up there? Nobody's supposed to be up there. So they, you know, a couple of the stage people go rushing up there, open up the door to room number seven, right above the saloon, and there's no one in there. Supposedly, if you watch this movie and you see this scene in the movie, you can hear the footsteps because they were recorded. Mm. I like that. So those are my first two actual ghost towns. Spooky. Well, you got to figure. A lot of these people, at that time when those places were booming, a lot of people were getting rich. A lot of people were happy. You know, you might have these spirits kind of stay back. Well, I think and that's... be there. Yeah. Because that was a good time in their life. Everyone was feeling wealth and fortune, and they figured, oh, this is never going to end. There's also a lot of violence, though, in these little... This is true, towns. too, so... A lot of violence. You know, getting your spirit ripped out really quick, really quick there, and you're not going anywhere, you know. But why was that little girl hanging out? She probably had a good time, you know. So, Bodai, California. If you look up pictures of Bodai, California, um, it's really, really weird. So... This is another same situation, like Goldmine Town blew up, you know, a ton of people there, everybody's, you know, making money, having a good time, Gold Rush dies out, the town's been abandoned now for over 150 years, and the weird thing is that you can still go into some of the houses and the tables are still set, you can go into the general store and there's still things on the counters. That is so badass. On the shelves. Um, like nothing has been touched. Like when people left, they just left and never came back. That's so cool. So there's a bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of pictures that are posted that you can look at and it's just, it's just like an an actual town with all the stuff still in it. Isn't that the town that a lot of people go and visit, but they like, I was reading an article probably about two, three months ago where there was a town similar to that. It was just left as is. Well, they say a big reason why no one takes anything from this place is because there's the Bodai curse. That's that's the place, because I was going to say, yep. there was a curse involved with this, and so people go through there, and they look, they might rummage, but they don't take anything. They really think that if you take something from this town and you leave with it, that the spirit is going to be attached to it, and it's going to yep. haunt you until the end of your days. Yep. I'm surprised people haven't taken things anyway, though. I'm sure just people probably be... have, like, here and there. They you just know? called it out and said, this is bullshit, I'm taking this. But, I mean, the pictures were pretty 
you know, there was a lot of stuff still, like, all over the place. Like, some of the pictures of the insides of the houses are really creepy because it is literally, like, tables set. Plates. You know, fork, spoon, knife, glass. You know, cabinet half open. Yep. And no one has been there. That is so cool. We're just like, okay, let's sit down for dinner. Oh, no, wait, let's move forever and never come back here right now. In the sense of, like, having, like, all that stuff around. When I was younger, I went to the Eisenhower house. And I don't know how true the story is, but they said that that their the dining area or where he was playing cards the day passed whatever happened, that house had not been touched, and they realized what was going on. They encased it, so not obviously you can just look everything just glass, and you can see, you know, cards were on the table. This was here, that was there, and it was just like, it's almost unnerving to look at because you knew whatever happened at that very moment. It happened, right. and you just you almost froze time right there because a lot of times they'll come in, they'll clean it up. You know, you go a lot of these haunted places, not to get off of ghost towns, but you go to these haunted places, and some of these places still have the original stuff that's in it, and it's been rearranged, or you know, you bring in some props to make it seem what it was back in the day. But when you go to places like that Bodai, or like I thought the Eisenhower, that was the story. I'm sure there's other places out there that when you walk in there, it is. Like, we're looking at this table right now, Rob. If you guys were just to be up and gone and no one would ever come in here again and just leave it, that's creepy. Well, when I looked into this whole haunted ghost town thing, like, some of the things that came up were, like, Hiroshima and, you know, Chernobyl. Yeah. And what those places look like. And it is, you want to talk about creepy. I mean, you can tell that people just left there and never came back. Yep. I mean, and I, I don't know. Well, Chernobyl would be a ghost town. Well, there's people living in it, though. I don't know how many, but I know that people have started moving back in, and there's even people that supposedly never left, just kept living there through the whole fallout and everything that happened. They're probably mutants now. Yeah. Well, that radiation's not going to go anywhere, so somehow they're figuring out it's got to be low levels of doses that you're getting, but people, I don't know how people would live there. I mean, those buildings are just like, like it is. That would be considered a ghost town. I mean, you have some people there, but yeah, still. schools with, like, yeah, exactly. jackets still hanging in the yep. cubbies. And yep. Didn't uh, Destination Truth or Exploration do that with Josh Gates? Yeah, they did. Destination Truth, they went to uh, Chernobyl. Really? Yep. Yep. I'd actually like to see <clears> that. And um, what's that big fishing show? Jeremy. Oh, um, River Monsters. River Monsters. He went in there. Yeah, Jeremy Wade. Wade. And he was looking for fish. He had to wear one of those protected devices, yeah, though, and really it kept going off. Only in there for so long. Yep. He did find, like, a humongous catfish, mm-hmm. too. But there was, like, a whole thing about that, that the animals were weird there now and all kinds of other stuff. But, Birds or, yeah. I mean, it's just strange to see that, like, just, you know, it's exactly it's, like you said. Like, people just left stuff and never came back. You're walking into time, back, back into time, basically. Yep. You know, and I think that's as creepy as that is. It's super interesting, and I think it. You know, that's something that you just don't see in such a you you you. We all come from a modern world. You know, we got everything here, here. Oh, look at that abandoned building. You go in there, there's nothing but crap in it anyway. Old machine, whatever. But you go to these ghost towns. Oh, look at that. There's like whiskey and different things and just stuff that you would never. You know, think that still exists in America or anywhere around the world. It's kind of why I want to go there because I think it's like the neatest thing to like see stuff that is from, you know, that time. So we want to go to Boda, California. Road trip. Um, Stop by Darwin. Well, if I'm going to go to any of these, I would probably want to go to um, Kennecott, Alaska. Who? Kennecott, Alaska. (laughs) You can take a train ride, a three day train ride. Really? Three or four day train ride. So they can't even redevelop this place. Because of all the paranormal activity that takes place there. Like, they have tried to go and redevelop it. So you're saying, with all the stuff we got going on today, modern technology or redeveloping a piece of area or land or property, they won't do it because of paranormal activity. That's right. So, Kennecott originally had 300 people living in it. It was a copper mine. Okay. Um, It's been abandoned since 1938. That's when the last resident left. Copper died out. They left everything. They had a hospital. They had a school, tennis court, skating rink. I mean, it was like a full-blown town. It had all these things in it. Now it's got nothing. Do we got a year on that? 
that it was first settled. Sure. I think it was like right around 1900, but the last resident left in 1938. And it's been empty ever since. And they've tried to go in there and do stuff. And they yep, can't. they've tried to redevelop it. They've tried to like rip down parts of it and put other stuff there and do some remodeling. And the crews get scared out of there. I was going to say like the Van Horn story. You know, crews come back and their tools are missing or they're flying through the air and they're like, "Me no work at all. Me go, me go, me go," and then they're gone. Yep. So that's going on other places too. And mm. that's a really cool place. Like if you look at that place online, there's like a three or four story building that kind of overlooks, like, one of the passages into the mine. Right. Um, it's, you know, really neat to see, but kind of scary to think that there's, Does like, copper so have any drawing on. power for spirits well, and energy? Yeah, of course it does. It's a great conductor of energy. Better than limestone? Oh, yeah. I mean, dowsing rods are made out of copper. Okay. Yep. So if you have a big copper mine there that might have been stripped out... It's well, possible. There could still be more copper down there. Rob, you're kind of, you're taking us all in. But I think it's weird that it still exists because it's Alaska. Like, the weather's harsh there. Yeah. The snow, you know, all the melting of everything, then the refreezing. You figure, like, that would just wreak havoc on buildings and structures and things like that. Like, it's surprising that anything is still there. You know, I could get it in Nevada. I mean, you know... You're not going to get that. You're going to have nice arid conditions. Things right, are probably going right. to be preserved for a long time. But up north, you get both seasons. Mm. So it was strange that there's so much of it still there. But it was also one of the newer towns compared to a lot of the other ones too. Hmm. Still yep. 80 years. It's been abandoned. I know. We should go. See, they just don't build things like they used to. That's the other thing. That's a hell of a road trip. So, Bannock, Montana, um, there was a paranormal show that went and did an episode there. Uh, that town was founded in 1862 when John White found gold on Grasshopper Creek. Uh, when gold was discovered in nearby Virginia City, so all these towns are all connected. They figured. Many people moved there instead, and the road between the two became one of the most violent of the era. Makes so, sense. holdups, robberies, yep. murderers, um... All kinds of, you know, really violent kind of things. And they think that that has a lot to do with why they still see apparitions and things of that nature there. Do you they hear voices. They, people see apparitions. Do you think a lot of these uh, paranormal shows, podcasts shows, whatever, radio shows, do you think they're, they're missing out on all these ghost towns that could have a lot of activity? Yeah. There's a couple... There's a couple sh- Ghost shows, I mean, that are like real. Well, there's one in particular that's just huge with going to these these ghost towns because they get a lot of activity. But it almost seems like it's untapped in oh, a yeah. sense. You know, you got everything. You, everything you've seen on TV, paranormal. You got the restaurants, bars, this schools. Um, what else? We got? Um, senior homes. All these places. Um, it's almost like where do you start though? You have a whole town to investigate. Usually, it's like one building. Well, I would, I would, you would probably research it out and say, okay, is this ghost town haunted? Is there anybody that knows anything about this? But it's almost like right now, like the big thing in uh, the podcasting world and stuff is doing true crimes. Everyone seems to be jumping on this crime thing because it's untapped and there's so many stories out there. I kind of look at ghost towns that way. I think we should look into buying a ghost town. You can do that. One that we know is haunted. You can do that. I know. And then set it up so that it becomes like paranormal boot camp. Who do you buy it from? That's a good question, Rob. What happens to a ghost town after it's just sitting there? Um, I wanted to know a little more about that. And what you want to do is, wherever these ghost towns are at, you go to the county assessor's office. And then you look it up in the courthouse. You look it up. It's free to the public. You can find out who owns the buildings and the property. And then you can go bid on them if they're available. A lot of times what happened is most of these properties are taken over <clears throat> um, taken over by the county. The government gets involved because of unpaid taxes. And then some are resold. Some are traded with national agencies that do different stuff with it. And then some of them just sit around and if someone comes in, like you said, oh, it would be really cool to buy one. Let's go look for a place. We go and say, I like this place over here in the middle Midwest. You go see where where it sits and what's up and who who owns it and you buy it. Now there was a lady in the New York Times. 
she, her and her husband worked in, uh, I think she worked in New York City. They wanted to buy some town space, so they went in and they bought one town, one building, one parcel, two, three. They're up to six or seven now. And they didn't really explain why or where it's at because they don't want people just running through there. But I don't understand. That goes back to the ghost town thing. How do you, why would you buy one? How do you make it viable? And this one didn't have anybody in it, I don't think. So what are you going to do? The place that they bought at one point, it, it was the whole mining thing. And then it turned into like this little artsy town, like where like these hippies hung oh, out. Hipsters. And, yep. They're like, oh man, art and all that crap. Sorry guys. Yeah, that's right. Probably got your hair in a bun. But anyway, um, and then they came in and they bought it. And they didn't say exactly what they were getting into, like why they bought it, but they bought it. But like, you have a good idea too. You make it a tourist. You can, yeah, let's go for money. Yeah, it's haunted. We can make money, you know, pay for the taxes, whatever. Right. It's $500. You get the whole town to yourself for a weekend. Well, wouldn't that be like charging people to go ghost hunting or buying stuff out and, you know, kind of dominating an area? Why? It's open to the public. You just got to pay. Is. It is. Yeah. And I, I, I totally can see that. So that the taxes can get paid and upkeep and all of those kinds of things. Yep. And that town, that town Darwin I was talking about, they, um, most of them live in trailers. So they did kind of move out of that whole wooden shack type deal buildings, but they, most of them are in trailers. And stuff probably started falling apart. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you did some research. I want you to um, do some research on buying Rhyolite in Nevada. Rhyolite? Yep. R-W, I mean R-H-Y-O-L-I-T-E. Because I feel like this is probably one of the coolest ones. What we're going to do? We're going to do this? Yeah, we should do this. All right. Let's look into it. So this town was founded in 1904. The last resident died in 1924. People hear voices throughout the town, but it's got one of the coolest stories. You ready for this? Yep. So the spirit of a prospector still roams the area. The legend states that he came into town because he had a huge amount of gold that he found. And he was going to get it appraised. So he goes in. He's got this gold. He decides he's going to go in get a shave. So he stops at the barber. The barber poisons him, kills what? him, and steals all of his gold. All so of his gold. this man still roams the town, and people see him. He um, is known by his big brown floppy hat that he wears. So, like, people have seen him, seen him. This is not just, like, a shadow person or a lady in white. They see it. Or any of those kinds of things. They see this man roaming the street looking for his gold. Did you just get the chills a little when you heard that story? I... I like, I did. I saw a big like Yosemite Sam guy. I want to yeah, go. That's how I pictured him too. Yo, not the short one, but like a big one, just walking the town looking for his gold. Yep, looking for his gold. So that was a really neat little story because it actually had like some you know thing that was just its own and not like the random things that you hear everywhere. Right. Um, Goldfield, Nevada. So this would be another place that we could look into. Um, the town was done by 1920. Nobody living in it by 1920. Uh, the Goldfield Hotel, which is one of the buildings that is still in this town, is supposedly haunted by a prostitute named Elizabeth. Now, this is a crazy story. So the hotel owner was George Wingfield. Mm-hmm. He loved Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. But Elizabeth stepped out. Yep. And she got pregnant by another with another man's baby. Yep. He was so mad that he chained her to a radiator in room 109. Oh, boy. And kept her there and just gave her limited food and water until she gave birth. Then he took the baby and dumped it down a mine shaft. And then she supposedly disappeared. Yep. So the legend is that she still walks that building. I've seen a show on that. And that, that story exactly. It was pretty, uh, again, like one of those towns that had its own story. Yep. Its own little legend to it. Which are so much better than the... Uh, you know, there's just the general ones. So we should just go find our own ghost town because yeah. apparently they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. And let's make up our own ghost stories. We could go let's to go St- big. We could go to St. Elmo, Colorado. St. Elmo's fire was you know, probably filmed there. Now, this town closed in 1952. 
Oh, that's new. Yep. So this is pretty new, but it's haunted by the ghost of Annabelle Stark, a.k.a. Dirty Annie. <laughs> oh, not the doll? No. No. Oh. Dirty Annie. Dirty she Annie. Up to? That's what she's known for. She got a number? Or? So people say that they have, um, when they go there, and I guess there's like a ski like a resort not far from this St. Elmo ghost right. town. And a lot of people say that when they're coming down the hills, they can actually see her in the window of one of the buildings. Um, temperatures like drop when you go into different parts of the buildings. Doors slam shut on their own, and she can be seen sometimes from the windows. Spooky. Right. Wait, skiing down the hill, they can see yep. to the window? Like when, sure it's it like a building that's up a on it. Okay, so it's not snow causing orbs and people in the windows? Maybe. I mean, it could be if you want to go there. Just, you know, trying to do our due diligence. But they're everywhere. Thurman, West Virginia, apparition of a general. The, there's a train that passes through this town, even though it's a ghost town, and passes through. There's still buildings you can see from the town, and people see this general standing there in, like, full regalia. Um, Independence, Colorado. It was founded on July 4th, 1879. Really? Yep. Eerie noises can still be heard coming from the old homes. And when you look at Independence, Colorado, the pictures of it, it is literally just like a valley with like wooden shacks. That's so cool. It's very strange looking. But I thought it was kind of cool that it was founded on July 4th. So those are my... uh, my little bits of haunted ghost towns. You know, you said some about like they're they're all over the place, which we kind of know, but I don't think we really think about it in the forefront when we go to ghost hunting or anything like that. We never think of ghost towns. We think of ghost town. We think exactly that wood shacks, maybe a couple people or nothing, and it's just a depleted town. But if all these people are seeing all these apparitions and different things going on, think about how much is being missed just in ghost towns. Now you take ghost towns. You say, okay, we're missing, I don't know, 100,000 ghosts and apparitions in these towns. Then you take what we know of, that we physically know or have seen or heard, that we do ghost hunt, just in our area, or we'll call it the United States, and then go around the world. How many apparitions do you think are either trapped or showing themselves here on this planet in relation to how many you know, how big our population is in this world. Well, especially because they're all founded on some kind of element, some kind of ore, whether it's gold, whether it's silver, whether it's copper. I mean, it's like the perfect, the perfect, you know, storm of all these different things coming together to make this happen. You have violent history. You have people with high emotions because they're super happy. You've got, you know, the, 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 the ore people. in the ground. You've got, you know, the fact that for the most part, these are untouched. So nothing else is, you know, right infringing on that. I mean, it's it's nuts to think of how many of these there are, and how much we're missing. Oh yeah, how much we're missing in the the spirit world or the ghost hunting world. We're so narrow minded when we think sometimes, and I don't mean like, you know, yeah, when we think ghost hunting or we go into doing an investigation, we try to open up our mind three sixty to say, okay, you got to look at everything all the time. No, just don't narrow it down to one thing unless you're trying to put like some type of uh, a timeline together or a theory. But you take it and look around what out of our area or out of our norm, what is going around with apparitions in this world and how much stuff we really haven't tapped into. And that well, yeah, ghost town is making me think we're, we're missing gonna, a whole shitload of, well, of the course, United States. Because if you're going to go and be a ghost hunter in the United States, what are you going to do? You're going to look to see where other ghost hunters have gone. Yeah, but You're not we, don't te- we don't technically think about this. <laughs> You're going to blaze it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, but we think about old abandoned hospitals. Right. We think about, you know, because I, I feel like those are creepy. Those are, they have that aura of like, oh, that's probably haunted. I have a friend that lives in, uh, where's that, Sholo? Um, Winslow, Arizona. Stand in the corner, Winslow, Arizona. Whatever. No idea. The song, the Eagles song. <laughs> anyway. He says, you got to come out of here. You got to come out here. There's a lot of ghost mining towns. There's mining towns. And he goes, for paranormal, it's everywhere out here. It's huge. And I got some friends on Facebook that are out that way. And that's what they talk about a lot of times. But we don't go past that boundary. We go, what's in western New York or Ohio or maybe go a little into Pennsylvania and stuff. And that's our own little world. And we think, oh, what can we find that's abandoned? That's it. We don't. 
think, you know, 400 miles down the road over there, there's like, oh my God, there's a whole other world of something we haven't gotten into. You know, just like I said earlier with the true crimes. That's like you're getting tapped into like a whole new thing that no one's ever done. Not that they haven't well, done. They've it's, done it by now. Well, yeah, but they're picking up on all the different stories that are being missed. Like all these ghost towns, I never heard of any of these except for a couple of them. You know, only the big ones you hear about. But it's out there, just like these the true crime stories or serial killers or whatever. There's so many stories that don't make it to the mainstream, and we're just missing out on it. Because so, well, I think it goes through trends, too, you know? Oh, definitely, you definitely. Know, the places that are cool to go and investigate, you know, the stories that are cool to cover, I mean, it's, it's all based on trend. So if it's not cool and it's not hip to talk about, then you're not you're going to miss it. And I think ghost hunters, for the most part, are lazy. They want something or, for nothing? They want to go to the places that they think are going to have activity. They don't want to seek out potential places. Oh, well, um, We're lazy. Well... I'll I'll give you a little bit of that. I'll, I won't totally agree to that. Most are, at least. Least. <laughs> yeah. Well, Look, if you two are speaking for yourself, that's fine and dandy. I understand. No, not us. I mean, in general. In general, you think ghost hunters are lazy? Yeah, because I think they just follow along with wherever everybody else has been. I I will give you some of that. But I would like to think that ghost hunters aren't lazy in that sense. I don't think there's a lot of people out there pushing the boundaries. I don't think there's a lot of people out there you know, really, like, trying to, to find something new and different, you know. And, but, I mean... They it, aren't really pushing the boundaries, but, they, you know, we can go into other episodes that we discussed kind of that idea where uh, ghost hunting is where it's at. Like, where it's it's peaked its level. There's nothing breaking boundaries. There's no one, like you said, maybe breaking that boundary through, like, a new way of doing something. I mean, there's plenty of places that should be investigated thoroughly, and they just aren't. Like, think about castles, for crying out loud. Well, some of these places you can't get into, either. But, you know what I'm saying? But they're like, out there. Yeah. I mean, right. I think money is a big issue, because if you're a ghost hunter, typically this is your hobby. You have a full-time job. You have family. You have responsibilities. Right. You right. can't just, like, pick up and go to a ghost town for a week. You know, I get that. But at the same time, like, if I lived, you know, 50-mile radius, 100-mile radius, yeah. Well, it's like, this, okay. There are some... But what 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 do mo- I would like to say the not so lazy ghost hunters do when they're driving or something? How many times have you looked drove by a building and went, man, I oh I would that's got to be haunted or a house that you see you go you know what that's just giving off a vibe you want to get in there, but you can't sometimes you know. But I totally understand what you're saying. You try though, you make a list, you reach out. You know we stopped at places before. Right. Say so, hey, I was just wondering. Yep. Are you a ghost? <laughs> Can we come in and talk Why, to you? Yes, I am. No, you cannot. So ghost towns, I think, are, like I said, the research kind of opened up the eyeballs here a little bit. What do you got? What, what, oh, Yours is in whoa. Ohio? Yeah, yeah. it's in Ohio. You, you Why are we place? going there? That's why I said some of them are nearby. Why aren't we going there? Because it's lame. What, what is lame? lame? It's Helltown, Ohio. Helltown? Anything, Helltown? Anything named Helltown has to have a history. I want to go to Helltown. It's not the official name. But it's, I mean, if you look it up on Wikipedia, you find it under Helltown. Well, Wikipedia is like 100%. Isn't there also like that town in Pennsylvania yes. that's abandoned that has the gas coming up from the, through the ground? Yeah, the it ground was, is burning. That's what inspired Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. It starts with the P. I always forget it. I don't know. But, it's, but you yeah, can go urban explore there. Yeah. Or you could die. Yeah, there's a coal fire underground and it's been smoking for like decades and they don't know how to put it out nope so the town's gone the streets are like cracked and we should totally go there destroyed mm-hmm. and we should totally go to hell's town why is it, why is it lame um because its real name is boston mills it was settled in 1806 so it's super, super old but it was also abandoned probably more recently than any of the ghost towns you guys mentioned um, it was 1974. Wow. President Ford signed a legislation that allowed the uh, National Park Service to buy the land. And basically, it's like the whole town the National Park Service bought. And so the people that lived there were forced to leave. And they were the plan was to just completely burn the town to the ground. And, really? And make a national park. So since the government is, you know, not always up on things. <laughs> they started to burn the town down and then they 
stopped. <laughs> what? <laughs> you already go halfway. This makes yeah. sense why it's in Ohio. Stop at Marge's house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a whole bunch of, like, weird and paranormal claims that go on in this town that's half burned down and abandoned. Um, apparently there's a church that legend says has an evil man that lives there in the basement, and he won't let anyone see his face or enter the so church. So the church did get burned down. Well, I guess it's still there. Mm. Um, others say devil worshippers have taken over the town. Um, people see a ghostly hearse. There's also a legend that there's a serial killer somewhere in the woods nearby that kills people with an axe. A like ghostly yeah. hearse? Yeah, ghostly hearse. I don't know, that's all I got. Crapsy lives in the woods, doesn't he? Didn't he? I think so. Because hmm. I thought that's what happened. Kids went missing in the woods. Yeah. Fan- Phantom Cars? There was a movie filmed in the 70s here, or late 70s, called, um, wasn't it Cropsy? It was done right over here by Buff State. They shot a lot. A lot. They did the um, Adam Mark Hotel downtown. They they got some of these places. Cropsy was a documentary in Staten Island recently. I'll dig up the I'll dig up the movie that was filmed here, but it was uh, the, the guy in the movie was named Cropsy, and these kids tortured him, and they burned his place down, and he came back and he went after every one of the kids. So it kind of falls in that. Is that kind of what the idea of the movie or the I think documentary I, I is? I remember that movie. I think it was called Nightmare on Elm Street. I was going to say that. <laughs> All right, kids. All right. Listen here, youngins. You and your Elm Street crap. <laughs> well, didn't it sound like that? I mean, it the did. kids tortured well, them. They as- burned them. They fell asleep, but he, he came, came in the back. dreams, though. This guy was <laughs> killing them out in the forest. Yeah, I will get the name of that tomato, movie. Tomato, tomato. You, sh- you would probably know it, but... I don't anyway, know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Know, Go on. So Helltown is a... They also have a haunted slaughterhouse, and apparently what? it was built on an Indian burial ground. Of course oh, it was. They're jacked. And there's also a conspiracy theory that the government didn't buy it to make a national park. There was actually like a chemical spill and all this stuff. And Of course, no one tested the soil. No they one just, tests the toy soil now. They just burnt yeah, things, things burn down. Things. So don't you want to go there now? Maybe. It's it's too it's like all this most stereotypical crap like oh a ghostly hearse. There was also a big story you know, about a haunted bus that was so ridiculous. It was like this long story. I'm like, well, that's awesome. It's like a haunted bus with all these like little ghost kids. And at the end of the paragraph, it was like, actually, the real story behind this bus is that a family bought it when they they were being forced out of their uh, house and they lived in the bus for a little while and they left. So they pulled you in mm-hmm. to read it. It was like this this oh, and some legends say that these kids were murdered by the bus driver. And they could still see them walking around, and it's like, but in reality, this is what it really is. It was just a family that lived so in the bus. So, you think all of Helltown is just urban legend? There's it is. No it's like the most. Activity. It's like the most stereotypical like claims. Like you couldn't come up with more bullshit, like cookie cutter paranormal things. You know, our, our you kind of had me at at haunted slaughterhouse though. You had me at church because I thought they burned it down, but they really didn't. Our uh, our friend. Uh, Goose down in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Follow him. He's in a lot of these different places, and he knows a lot of these locations. And I, I try to keep chatting with him every once in a while, just to see what's going on because he's always at a different location. You should ask him about Hellstown. Right. And I know there was one t- uh, place I was looking at the old funeral home slash church thingy. Is it Bel Air, Belltown? One of those places. He was actually just there doing a some event, but. Uh, that place looked really, really nice. But Ohio seems to, you know, now that you mentioned it, it seems to have a lot of places that have a lot of history when it comes to, like, paranormal. Well, it's I old. Mean, it's, it is. It's one of the know. old states. But I think um, going to some of these older places is pretty badass. You know, bring a sleeping bag and a truck and just call it, or rent a U-Haul. Let's do it. You know what? Power up, bring a generator. Powered up, get your uh, get your three-year-old uh, little college cooler out there. You could stop at Texas Roadhouse on the way. Yeehaw! And get to sit in what? Get a saddle sore? Yeah. Well, only if it's one of our birthdays. So we want to go on our birthday. Mm-hmm. Or you could just lie about it. Who's coming up? Whose birthday's next? <laughs> Nobody knows anybody's birthdays here. I'm January. You're next. 14th. So, what are we doing? 
Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. Saddle Sores. Oh, November. November. Did you really want need to whisper it again so we all can hear? Yeah, I'm November. <clears throat> That's why you pointed at me and said, "Oh, you're next." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want to avoid the whole saddle. Yes. All right. Well, well we'd uh, like to get a group and go out to dinner, so maybe we'll do that at Texas Roadhouse this year. No. Why? We won't. We <laughs> promise we won't say it's your birthday. Mm-hmm. We'll just do it and bring our own saddle. <laughs> no yeehaw. No yeehaw. Yes, Actually, yeehaw. You know whose birthday is next week is wherever and somewhere in here in the Fair Babel Secretary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, saddle up. <laughs> saddle up, partner. It's going to be a long ride home. And so, on that note, <laughs> you think we've covered everything here for Ghost Towns? Yeah, sure have. Um, like I said, this. This one was, this one kind of caught my eye with a couple different things. Like I said, it's like almost an untapped market. I think we should look into buying a ghost town. Yeah, it's a couple bucks. What does the government want? Preferably one that's haunted. That gold one that you told me about in the bed, I looked it up on Google Maps just to see where it was in relation to Mm -hmm. Vegas, and I zoomed in on it, and there was like a whole bunch of places on it. So it might not be a ghost town anymore, including a gift shop. Really? A A gift shop? A diner, a dinky diner it was called, and like a hotel. Mm -hmm. Wait. Researching some of this. Well, maybe um, it's gotten some uh, traction and some touristy stuff now that it's been so well known as being haunted. Researching some of this, I typing in different things and going around and plotting around. They're talking about Vegas being a ghost town at some point. Um, Lake Mead. If they can't figure out how to pump in water, that town's going to dry up. It's going to really, you know, just. The average, they were saying that the average human daily. Uses 219 gallons of water. Showers, whatever. Car, dishes, flushing a toilet. And people in Vegas are like under this false... Oh, there's always water. Well, this Lake Mead is dropping off. They're saying like 2021, 22, if they don't figure out something. That that town is just going to go belly up with no water. I'm sure they'll figure out something. They'll, They'll run some piping out there. But still, you know... That's something we even look into. What towns could be out there that are potentially not making their economic, you know, well, paycheck? I'm sure they're making their economic paycheck, though. Well, Vegas is, it. I'm saying. But, you know, at the rate that the people consume that stuff out there, and it's not even a town, per se. It's just a bunch of buildings that just suck up money. But there's got to be a lot of towns that, you know, that are really just on the verge of, like, falling apart. And being like, all right, call it a ghost town. I'm out of here. I'm going to move to the big city. Yeah, like Niagara Falls. Yeah. You know what? You stop at the Texas Red House. You know, I know, you know, I don't know, you know, whoever's listening, you know, Australia or England or wherever, but anyone around knows Niagara Falls and it's a great place to go, but getting the people in there. In the town of Niagara Falls, once you get past like the casino and the actual waterfall and it's you know scary. the Maid of the Mist and stuff, it's a yeah the town, it, uh, the housing around it and stuff. It's I know not the best. I've Ubered around there. You, you make a wrong turn, are, and you're in trabble. Parababble Ubering machine. So yeah, so it's very you know. Can you Uber us to a ghost town? Sure, that would cost a pretty penny though. Can you what, find out bucks? how much it would cost to get from here to Bodai, California? No, it would probably cost a couple hundred. That's it? Probably more than that. Well, if it was you driving, it'd probably be cheaper because, you know, we won't see it online. You are making some money. But <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> but. The saddle. The saddle. I think this is a, you know, the show started out in typical fashion, right? Mm-hmm. We were all over the place. I was telling the stories. Yep. Was it, we're telling this stories is our about Halloween. This is our first Halloween episode of this month. Oh, boy. October. Someone with ADH might be able to figure out the beginning. Yeah. There was no introduction. Right. We just started. Well, there was 20 Well, we are Parababble. Yeah. And if you are listening, you've probably seen our name and our tag. So mm-hmm. they know who we are. Our repeat mm-hmm. offenders. Where we yeah. just babble on and on and on. And what did I say in text today about the show? Ghost Towns? What? I don't know. Nothing. That's right. You were if like, we had nothing really going on, we'd make something and we'd probably just that's go along sure. with it. Yep. But we actually did do some factual work to it, and a lot of these, these ghost towns are real. And um, that's something to look into. They're real places. So, Allison, you want to buy a ghost town? Yep. I want to ride a saddle. And, Rob, 
He wants this episode to be over. Yeah. Wow. Bye. <laughs> Bye. No, no. Well, all right. I guess this is Pair of Babel signing off on this. Uh, you know where to find us. You can find us on uh, Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Gmail. You can go to Podbean, Stitcher, all those places. iTunes. iTunes. Instagram. You can rate us. It's okay. We don't care. At Pair of Babel. Pair of Babel. So that's our episode. And, uh, wow. Actually, I want to go to Darwin. Where? Darwin, I'm telling you, don't forget about that place. It's up and coming. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) It's getting broadband soon. (laughs) All right.